0: Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it's likely that almost all the banks in the area are closed, blocking you from opening any new accounts for your clients. Wouldn't it be great if you could open a new business bank account 100% online without having to go to a physical bank branch? Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor, Relay Financial,
1: later in the episode. And your poll is, is absolutely accurate. I If actually you'd asked me what percentage, I would have guessed below 5%. Um, Because I think it it probably is below 5% right now. There's very few banks that have started distributing funds. There are some that have.
0: This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by ClockShark. Back in October of 2013, I became ClockChart's first Twitter follower. Today, ClockChart has grown to a highly rated and very much loved time tracking app that is now used by over 5,000 small businesses globally. With features like crew tracking, scheduling, overtime notifications, routes, geofencing locations, job costing, budgeting, and reporting, ClockShark has built a robust mobile time tracking app to handle the unique challenges that face your mobile workforce clients. Their technology has been helpful as their clients work through the COVID-19 pandemic. Your clients will need accurate records of their expenses and losses, and technology like ClockShark helps. With ClockShark, your clients can keep accurate records like paid time off and other important data to provide the necessary proof for CARES and FFCRA ACTS benefits. This lets them get straight back to work without too much disruption after the pandemic has passed. Clock Shark standard plan is just six dollars a month per employee. Head over to cloud accounting slash That is cloud forward slash C L O C K S H R K. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by BQE Core. As firms everywhere are positioning themselves to work remotely, BQE Software is committed to supporting you and your employees during this critical time. BQE's core products operate 100% on a native cloud platform that's uniquely able to help you in your efforts to embrace remote work while maintaining your productivity. In response to the impact that COVID-19 has had on your firm and your clients' businesses, The team at BQE has let us know that Cloud Accounting Podcast listeners will now receive three months of BQE Core for free with an annual subscription package purchased on or before May 31st, 2020. To learn more, head over to slash core. That is slash
2: C O R E. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver.
0: And I'm David Leary.
2: Eric Auskerson, Mark Ozil. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Eric is the CEO at CPA.com and a member of the leadership team at AICPA. And uh, Mark is the executive vice president of firm services. And they have generously agreed to uh, join the show and, and help us um, understand a little bit. I'm particularly interested in what is going on with the PPP SBA programs that are available for small businesses. There's just been a ton of chatter in the accounting community about these programs uh, since they launched a week ago on Friday. It is Friday, April 10th. And so we're eager to get an update from you guys. Hopefully you have a little more information than we do about what's going on at the SBA. Uh, But before that, would you mind just letting us know a little bit about what CPA.com is? is and the relationship between that and the AICPA because it, you know that we've got some listeners who are not CPAs international listeners they may not be familiar with these organizations
1: Blake and David thank you uh, for having Mark and I on the phone uh, on the on the podcast it's a critical time to communicate what's going on so we we appreciate this opportunity so just real quickly a little bit about cpa.com cpa.com is the business and technology subsidiary of the AICPA you know we're focused on uh, empowering you know firms with all of these digital capabilities uh, that they're using today to support their clients. And in my role is also as, as part of the AICPA leadership team, uh, just helping with the overall business and, and technology strategy. And Mark and I are part of the team, the executive team that are really leading all of our activities related to the CARES Act in the Paycheck Protection Program. It's a historic time for the 44,000 firms in the U.S. It's a historic time for our members all over the world. We've got a big team uh, working hard at providing leadership and guidance around all of these important business stimulus initiatives that have been launched uh, by uh, the different government and entities. So I'll let Mark, uh, you know, just give a little background on on, on his role.
3: Yeah, thanks, Eric. So my team, Firm Services, we manage the relationships for the 44,000 firms of the AICPA. Uh, you know, starting, you have the big four, you have the major firm group, which is the top 100 firms. You have the what we call our G400 community, the group of 400, that's firm number 101 to firm number 500. And then the, you know, 43,500 small firms that are out there. I mean, we're small firm driven. And what we do. And that's where this CARES Act fits so well in the wheelhouse of trying to help small businesses, understanding the intent of the program and understanding what truly small business is. And many of our CPAs, that is what they're doing each and every day. And we know their phone's ringing off the hook right now. Uh, and we're trying to provide as much support as we can
0: uh, to help them uh, help their small businesses stay alive. Got it. So I think for most of this focus is going to be the last, you know, 10 to 30 days
2: of what's been happening. Which seems like six months. It does.
3: feel. It does. I mean, each day has been like a year in the last week. So when you ask like what each of our divisions do, firm services, we're more on the practice management side. We provide tools and resources. Uh, some of those are, we have a private uh, area for firms that choose to be members of that to get deeper support. Uh, but we've opened up all of our, uh, you know, working remote tool sets that we have to all firms, not just AICPA members, to help every firm that we possibly can right now because everybody's in that need. But you know, Eric's team and a lot of the initiatives around cloud, around technology, those firms who have been listening to that over the last 10 years, for them, when they got the stay-at-home order, it was business as usual. There are other firms that struggled beyond that. Uh, but they're catching up now. When we get to the other side of this, you're going to see new ways of doing business for a lot of firms.
1: We've been we've been doing check-ins. I mean, I know we we want to get to the Paychecks Protection Program. But we we've been doing check-ins with the many many firms that we work with, and a lot of them they've been saying, you know, you know, one they've been saying thank you for getting us up on these these uh, cloud solutions. Two, they've been saying that now their clients are thanking them. Because they're on these uh, cloud-based solutions, and and then three, they're saying we've got sometimes as many partners in a firm. And they're like the other partners now are are more willing to kind of uh, you know move their clients to these modern modern platforms, and then some of their clients that were were resisting in staying in the desktop world are quickly um, moving to the cloud. So in some ways, some of these solutions we have out there, you know, we're all talking about Zoom. We're all on Zoom. It's like a verb now. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, name names, but there's a lot of solutions like that out there in the uh, in the accounting space that are that are doing the same thing. But if we want to get into, I'll just I'll pivot us into what's on everybody's mind: uh, the Paycheck Protection Program. And you you look what's happened over the last two weeks. It's only two weeks since uh, the CARES Act was uh, was made law. I mean, it was signed by the president on March 27th, and then three or four days later, Treasury came out and gave uh, direction on the forms and a little bit about the process. We, we've been involved uh, throughout this pre-becoming uh, it going law to the last 10 days as we've really worked through all the implementation items. So it was about 10 days ago that the forms were put out. Um, we started you know getting guidance uh, to the firms. We also were talking uh, with the government officials, talking to the payroll companies who were playing a key role in some of the banking community, and then on Friday, April third, uh, the application went live. Uh, the banks literally had about twelve hours since since the final guidance came out on Thursday night, April second. And then over the past week, uh, you know there's been now over five hundred thousand applications that have been submitted, uh, successfully submitted to the SBA, the SBA ETran system, totaling about as of last night, over one hundred and forty billion in loans. And there's, there's even more bigger numbers than that that are still on the banking side that are getting submitted to the SBA. And what we're doing, what we're trying to do uh, is just build consistency in, uh, in, in the process, um, a common understanding, and really trying to get the firms to understand, okay, here's the best practices around what documents are needed, uh, understand how to do the calculation, and then also, it's so it's so critical to be in communication uh, with the payroll companies, and then we've got this AICPA-led coalition that we stood up over the past three weeks, and that's made up of the the payroll processors primarily. And then on top of that, uh, we're connecting to the banking community. There's four thousand lenders that are up now, but there, there's never been anything of this magnitude done in this short period of time. There are issues when you start up a program this large. There's going to be issues. Uh, but right now, the SBA is processing in one day what they processed in all of 2019. So we can, you know, we can get it. We can talk about the issues. We can talk about uh, some of the technical aspects of it. Mark's team's doing a fantastic job. I'll let Mark jump in on all the uh, all the, the tools that they're putting in place for the firms. Oh, let, so I'll just yeah, uh, let, let's I'll let you guys go. That was a little bit, but I just thought I'd give a little bit of a broad summary of of what's going on and. And every day has been a Monday. We're, we're pretty much going, you know, uh, seven days a week, uh, not 24 hours a day, but we're, we're working long days.
2: So let's let's talk about those, you know, that processing number, those application numbers. Because David and I have been glued to Twitter and, and the news trying to figure out what is going on. Because I'm hearing one thing from the accounting community, which is that not a lot of their clients are getting money in the bank. I did a little informal Twitter poll, uh, 140-something folks responded. And I asked, if you applied for a PPP loan, do you have the money or are you still waiting or did you get rejected? 4.9% on Wednesday said they had money. And 89% said they hadn't heard anything. And then slightly more, with the, the remainder of that, more than the folks who got the money said they had their applications rejected. And I can't reconcile that number, uh, 5% or so, to anything official from the SBA or from the administration, except for a few posts that came out. Uh, Vice President Pence said on Twitter that the SBA had processed $71 billion of uh, funds as of April 7th, and the president then made a video and repeated you know, this, the, this is a great success. Money is getting out to people. I don't know exactly what he said, but, you know, it seemed like, Hey, money is getting out there. Some folks on Fox business are saying that, you know, various amounts above that have been processed, that money's getting out. Kevin McCarthy on the eighth, he told Fox news that they got $70 billion out in two days.
1: I think it's fair. <laughs> I, there's three categories I think to look at. Yeah. There's getting your application into the bank. That's, Phase one, second phase is the bank getting that application successfully submitted to the SBA and then the bank giving the money to the clients. Your question is the third step. So what people are talking about in the press are B of A may say we've taken in this many in applications. And then, you know, Vice President Pence was talking about what the SBA had processed. And your question is, the important question is how much money is in the hands of the businesses. And your poll is, is absolutely accurate. I If actually you'd asked me what percentage, I would have guessed below 5% um, because I think it, it probably is below 5% right now. There's very few banks that have started distributing funds. There are some that have. And I actually just it was on an email exchange. A, a firm said, hey, my, my client just got got funds. What's going to happen is that's going to really start occurring in the coming days, and it, you know, so this is this is how it works. You have to get the application into the bank. The bank then has to get it to the SBA. The SBA kicks back uh, the approval, and then the bank distributes the funds. And so, I think over the next seven days, those numbers are going to start catching up. So, ten days from now, if we had this podcast today is the tenth, if we had this podcast on the twentieth, that number is going to be in the you know 100 to 200 billion dollar level. So within 10 days these funds will go out. One thing that's important to know, everyone says you don't always just want the money immediately because you need to you want to set up what you're plan. Some businesses absolutely do, but some businesses want to go out and get their get their employees back on payroll. And we're working out working now on all the different elements of uh, of loan forgiveness so and one uh, concept that Mark and I were just talking about in, in another uh seminar uh webinar was that you know businesses should set up a special account to receive this funding, so the money's gonna come and in and, and there's gonna be lots of stories uh on t v and in the press over the coming days about uh, there isn't a, you know much money distributed yet, but that that is coming and uh and then you'll you know we'll start hearing stories about that being distributed then you're still going to hear stories about businesses that haven't been able to, haven't been able to successfully apply that their bank in their town is not online there's only 4000 banks out of the 10000 that are online i could talk to you about the why behind some of those banks having issues and and what's driving that and we could also talk about the issues on why the bi- banks are today only taking uh their existing clients and then we can also talk about uh, how a number of fintech companies are going to be standing up uh, platforms. So I'll let you you drive the next question. But that was your answer to your question. I think you got, ac- I'll say your Twitter feed gave you accurate data. So
0: taking it a level up higher, right? Based on tweets and recommendations the AICPA has put out, it sounds like you guys kind of are in the loop. Like you're you have a seat at the table with the SBA, you're in communications with the treasury. You possibly were in communications as this bill is getting developed. Is this a correct impression I have or not?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely elements of that. Uh, you know, we have, uh, we have a strong D.C. team, uh, and they were in constant contact with many of the legislators who are sitting on the small business committees who are going through this. Uh, we had our recommendations. Not everything got through, as you saw. Uh, one of the things, as Eric mentioned, about this leadership perspective, the coalition where, you know, there was no common way that payroll was being calculated. You know, Eric gets the 26 together that are in the coalition and says, all right, we need some consistency here. Let's come out with what we consider to be the consistent approach, publish that. And that was on Saturday. So the day after this thing launches. Right. and uh, you know, and then you don't get guidance around any of that, and they say that that's right until Monday. Monday, they actually confirmed what it was that came out on Saturday. So there's some of it where we're in as the sausage is being made, and and some of it we have to restuff the sausage on the back end. So there's it's, there's so many factors to this.
2: Well, let me just say that for all the problems the PPP loan program is having, that was not the initial recommendation of the AICPA. I was a huge fan of your plan to use the payroll processors to funnel this money to small businesses. You guys put out a press release pretty early. You got together with Intuit and Paychex, and I forget who the the fourth member of this alliance was initially, and now it's quite large, uh, saying, let's create a way for the payroll companies to tap into this fund on behalf of their small business customers and get the money out that way. Which kind of makes a lot of sense to me that it would be much more efficient than having banks underwrite a ton of loans. This process that we've created seems designed to fail in that the SBA on a good year processes $20 billion of loans. And like you said, Eric, we're asking them to do that every single day. It seems impossible that they're going to be able to do this when it's $350 billion of loans. So could you speak to this idea of the uh, payroll companies, You know, this original idea that and and did Congress even consider it? Was it even an option? Like what happened to that? Well, I pre- but like I, I appreciate it. I, I did see
1: you you post something uh, about your support for that that idea. That was on March twenty first, It was Saturday. Congress and the policymakers had asked us for some suggestions, and the AICPA absolutely provides suggestions. And you know we we had what our goals were. Our goals were to help you know the main street businesses to get the funding. In place for the mainstream businesses, so we put together a number of different ideas. Mark's team worked on that. They they talked to firms, and one of the prominent ones was this uh, this idea of distributing the money through the payroll providers. We talked to the payroll providers uh, that week. It was like March, you know, March 15th to 21st, and then Congress was there was there was interest in our our concept, and they said please issue something. So then we worked hard on that and then we issued that letter on Saturday we actually sent it to all of the senate all of the house of representatives sent it to you know Ch- Treasury secretary Mnuchin, the sba and the white house and uh, that kind of started this whole this whole process off and then you know, then we quickly moved into this broader coalition and then congress you know thought through what was the best way to do this and they put that in place in the cares act and in the paychecks protection program and and then we moved to supporting the implementation of that program. So I think if I had to say why, th- what they want to do is have a universal solution. And I, I think our, there's still discussion about leveraging payroll processes for some di- direct distribution. I can tell you that is still, they're still looking at new ideas and new ways to to advance uh, this distribution. So that's that's ongoing. But what what they wanted was a, a total solution. And the banks do offer a total solution because not everybody, not every small business uses a payroll processor. What they put forward with the Paychecks Protection Program was a was a process that would support any business, no matter how you did your payroll. Except so that's, for the fact that's, that's have... how it ended up. And it's not the SBA program. I'm sorry. Go ahead. David.
0: Except for the fact that the whole loan application is based off of the payroll. Data. It is. It's it's insane. It like, like the, the application yeah. has one box and nobody can figure out to fill it out.
1: You know what? Any big program is going to have you know issues, and and at this point where I think we're on the path to implementing it, and I I do think there'll be other way there'll be new things that come out in the coming weeks as they continue to try to help small businesses. So it's just it's just good to be in the conversation, and I think that's what we're trying to be in the conversation. And what we just want to do is 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 execute and get the businesses their funding and have the and have the firms play the trusted advisor role. So I said that's yeah, so, but this is it, you go ahead Mark.
3: Yeah, you know, the one thing David and and Blake, you know, I know there's been a lot of buzz about this is wrong, that's wrong, they haven't figured this out. And you know, we we this prior webinar we said, you know, assume positive intent. The the intent was to get Money in the hands of small business. They're doing it through a loan. They wanted a forgivable loan. So the government wanted to provide a mechanism to get money into the hands of small business. They want that loan to turn into a forgiven loan on the back end. They don't want small businesses hung with additional loan dollars. The banks don't want small businesses hung with additional loan dollars. So now we just got to figure out all the mechanisms in between. You know, as an example on the payroll to talk about that. So it's two and a half times. Your, your average payroll, that's the money they're going to give you. Eric mentioned the, the great idea of setting up a separate bank account, hold it over in this account, and then you got to figure out how to pay it. you got to have at least 75% of the expended funds be in payroll because that's what they were trying to fund. And what is it that um, they're trying to do? They want to keep people on your payroll. They want to say to Jack Waiter and, and Susie Server that uh, they need to stay with the restaurant. There's a stay-at-home order. We're going to keep you on the payroll for the next eight weeks. The minute we can open our doors up again, you can come right back in here. You don't have to go and file for unemployment. If you're on unemployment, come on back because we know it's a royal pain. They have to go to the unemployment office every week. Uh, so stay on the payroll. That's what they want. Equal payroll for this period and then move it forward. And The, the proof and the, the business advisor, the CPA firm can help navigate that with, with, the, with the client. And I got $100,000 in loan. I got to spend 75000 in payroll. I got to have 100% of the same number of employees I had from a year ago to compare that to. And then I may, need to make sure I don't pay anybody less than 75% of what they were making before. Those are the rules. Here's who I have. Here's what I'm going to pay them over the next eight weeks to make sure that I spend the seventy-five dollars
0: This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Relay Financial. Relay is business banking made easy. Effortlessly collaborate with team members, manage payments, and issue corporate cards all from a bank. Relay is a 100% online bank that is 100% focused on small business. The checking accounts are FDIC insured. Relay is truly delightful banking at your fingertips. Accounts can be accessed via the web, iOS, and Android. Accountants and bookkeepers love Relay because they get a partner portal, can manage staff access without compromising security, and enjoy enriched direct bank feeds to QuickBooks Online and Xero. Quick story, I need to give Blake some visibility into the finances of the podcast, but I did not want to give Blake access to all my company finances. By using Relay, I was able to spin up a new bank account just for the podcast and grant Blake only read access in minutes. To sign up online in less than 10 minutes and enjoy stress-free banking with no monthly fees or minimum balances, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash relay. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash R-E-L-A-Y. Relay. A bank that's a bookkeeper's dream.
2: So Eric, I appreciate your enthusiasm or or I guess confidence that the funds will get out we haven't seen any official numbers from the SBA on amounts dispersed or when they expect funds to be dispersed. So like, how much do you think of of this is going to be dispersed next week? And the reason I ask this is not to be a complainer or somebody who just likes to uh, point out problems. I understand people are working really hard on this, but half of small businesses only have 15 days of cash reserves. We're two weeks after the CARES Act was passed. And th- there was already a period where many small businesses were shut down or seeing decreased revenues due to shutdowns, lockdowns, uh, you know, business closures in this country. So like, if the money doesn't get out soon, half of small businesses will have already furloughed their employees or laid them off, and then they can't pay payroll anyway. And I don't have the exact numbers on this, but I'd be willing to bet that 80% of companies don't have more than 30 days of cash reserves. And just like... Most Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Most businesses live payroll to payroll. So is this program going to deliver the goods? And and have we heard anything from the SBA to give us any assurance in that regard?
0: And to add some context on that, uh, it's Jovita Carranza, right? She is the administrator of the SBA.
2: She's the administrator.
0: On the first day, she tweeted numbers out about every hour the first day. And it's been radio silence since. I had my daughter look for three hours searching the internet for numbers. They don't exist. And then when people go radio silent, because if it was successful, they'd be out there touting this more. Yeah. I mean, and it was the GOP and it was Trump. And as everybody was, this is the greatest thing ever to happen to small business. And the reality is it sure doesn't feel like that. And then because now it's radio silent, now it's very scary. What's really happening?
2: And the lack of communication makes it hard for accountants Mm -hmm. to communicate with their clients because clients are calling and asking CPAs and bookkeepers and accountants, what's going on? Mm-hmm. People are getting money and I'm not. And we don't know how to communicate that. We don't know how to communicate the status because we don't have a status update on the program. So well, I don't know. Yeah, I know that you questions. don't have the all part, the answers. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'd say on this yeah. positive, I think what we're doing right now is we're, we're trying to, trying to, you know, play our role into help. So I think in just in pro- trying to provide context, I think the answer is, that not many people have received funds. so that's the answer. We need to get them. because I think this is this is why those I said earlier there's those three different groups of information. A big bank could say this is what we've we've uh, taken in in applications. And then the SBA what what uh, administrator carranza was 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 standing out via social media on April third was what they were receiving in and they were putting uh, ETran. Um, IDs on the applications and they added that up. And now the next thing is, is, is what is the amount of funding that the banks have given to their clients? All I would say is you're right. It's, 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 it needs to happen yesterday. We're one week since it went live, which was April 3rd, and two weeks from the law and it still needs to all happen immediately. But what we're trying to do is keep the, as Mark described, keep the businesses intact, um, get, get the funding to them. Through the banking systems, the eleven thousand banks—that's what we're doing. So we got to make make that work. And you, so you have to have some process, though. You still have to have some process to make sure it's effective. You know, we we don't we we don't want you know we're we, we, there's the checks and balances so you don't have fraud occurring. And I think that's something that I think that's you know we all got to think about. So I think the money. I'll just finish. I think the money gonna get is gonna get there. And it's going to get there in the in the in the next week, and that is something that I think the banks, the banks are committed to doing. And there's also going to be lending. I'm hearing right now that people will lend in advance. So if the bank, real, if someone really needs the money, they're gonna they're gonna start giving them loans prior to that that final step in the approval process. Well, I think it, so. From yeah. beginning to end, it's it's going to be it's seven days now, ten. You know, for a lot of this money, it'll be be about two and a half
2: weeks, I guess, for it to get out there. That's a best case scenario. Yeah. David, you were going to say something. I
0: mean, I feel like everybody's being too cautious about fraud. And we learned this in the 2008 stimulus package. It took too long to distribute it. And now we're in the same boat again. It's $350 billion and we're about fraud. Right? Like it's free money just being basically printed up. Just give it away. Now, yes, there's probably going to be a billion dollars, two billion dollars of fraud, but it's much better that small businesses get the other 348 billion.
2: Right? It just... Well, and, and it, don't forget that there is no requirement that these businesses prove need. So we've probably got a lot of businesses that are applying for these PPP loans that arguably don't need the money, don't need it now. Maybe we'll need it in the future. And then... You know The way this, the whole program has been structured, the banks are giving the loans out first to their customers with existing lines of credit, existing loans. I mean, this was the criticism that was levied at uh, Bank of America over the past weekend was that in order to get the loan to even apply, you had to have a business checking account and an existing loan with them or a line of credit. And I think at first, even a credit card wasn't good enough. Yeah. So basically, they're getting you know, free money from the government to give to their existing customers, which is effectively de-risking their portfolio. Uh, and, you know, are those the most needy customers? And their biggest customers well, me, based on the average of the loans, well, yeah. the
3: biggest. But you yeah. also, not, you know, not that I'm here to defend the banks, but you have to understand too. I mean, it, so to Eric's point, they were given 12 hours. They have a system up and running. They knew they were going to have this massive influx. So how are they going to manage... Uh, and and they were managing, to be honest, probably slightly better than the SBA, who was just getting the influx of everybody, trying to manage the number of ap- applications out of the gate. Now you're having more loan options, more banks that are creating as options. We get the question all the time. If my bank won't do it for me, then, then where do I go? Uh, you know, I know a business that just switched banks from in March, well before this program was announced. Every bank is saying we are not uh, going to uh, allow applications for anybody who wasn't a banking customer on February 15th. That is a consistent thing. But one of the tests is that the business had to be a viable business operating on February 15th. How does a bank verify that? They were a banking customer on February 15th. So now you have fintech companies that are coming in and they're going to start creating options. And you're going to see that the the market's going to open up now. I know it was stressful for those. Oh my God, my bank turned me down. I'm rejected. I got nowhere to go. The options are open. I've answered a bunch of social media uh, posts about that. There are fintech solutions that are available now. And there's going to be even more. Four thousand banks, to Eric's point before, going to turn into ten thousand banks, uh, probably very soon.
1: And, and Blake, if I just, I just want to offer a couple of points here, just on. The, and it, we're not. We're just. We're just trying to. Uh, we're not defending anybody. But I just think it's good to provide information on, on on what each group, each of these stakeholders, are kind of working through. And the lenders, the real reason why they right now they're just saying existing customers. It's due to the anti-money laundering regulations, the FinCEN re- regulations and for them it would take it takes them you know one to three hours more it's very hard to just do all the verification uh for a non-existing client so that's that's the why they just said let me that's what i what we can do and we're standing this up really fast and and they so they, they're, they're that's that was the reason it wasn't like i just want to give it to my existing there and they've actually gone they're gone to treasury there's that red tape and they're saying, can we relax some of those MAL rules? Uh, and that would probably, and there's discussions uh, going on about that. That would give the banks some more ability uh, to take on non-customers. So that, and then just with the 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 system here, you need to have a centralized system so you wouldn't have double applicants you and you're right, I mean, I hear you, David, you don't want to get the money out and i I actually don't I think we've you're you can self certify so people are trying to make it really effective, but you don't want to have a system that's so broken that somebody can apply four times and you don't know, so they've centralized it and and they're centralizing it with the SB, with the s b a systems and this week you know I, as the s b a brought in Amazon Web Services to step up their portal to kind of give them more capability. Uh, so things things are getting better, um, but it has there's been there's absolutely been bumps along the way and frustrations and, um, and, and and it needs to be better communication and Blake that's what you're doing here with with this podcast
0: So to tie up on if I'm hearing you correctly, as more of the tech companies get in uh, the intuitive world with QuickBooks and they have a much smaller size customer base as far as business sizes, we should see this average loan amount dro- start dropping because right now it's still at $250,000. that's like a 1.6 million dollar a year payroll.
2: Yeah, that's like 30 or 40 employees, you know, as best we can tell, and 80% of small businesses have I think 10 or fewer employees, so it definitely seems like these loans are going to the top 20% of small businesses right now. At least the ones that are getting authorized. I mean, I don't I don't know that we're just speculating based on available data. We're not speculating, we're uh we're just making our own calcs, right? Average loan amount based on the total number of loans and the total amount authorized. It, it, but it makes sense to me because who are the businesses that would have the resources to be able to apply on Friday? It's somebody who has a finance professional or a CPA, you know, who can mobilize them very quickly, but that That's is right. Uh, That's right. Yeah. It,
1: like I think actually wouldn't, today's a big day. I mean, today we're, we're speaking right now, it's April 10th and, uh, today the independent contractors can start applying. So your the loan, the, the average loan size is, is going to go down. There's 30 million, you know, in America, we're talking, I know you got worldwide listeners. So we got we this 30 million identified uh, businesses in America, but only 6 million of those businesses, 5.9 million have employees. Uh, so you've got uh, 24 million that are essentially, you know, s- you know, s- s- individual contractors or sole uh, proprietors. So those are, that's the batch that's coming in. And that's why we got to get this confusion sorted out. And we got to make it because they don't, they don't have, uh, they're a smaller team. Uh, they may have an advisor. Uh, there'll be a lot of people doing uh, doing this by themselves. So I think with these uh, other entities coming online, and I and I think the banks too are going to work uh, at getting it better, making it better. in the firms, what we're doing, with the we you know that's what we said on April. We're trying to mobilize the forty-four thousand firms uh, so they can kind of get get clarity out there. Uh, and you're right, the loan amounts, the loan amounts going to come down. And uh, yes, the larger businesses, uh, larger small businesses, were the first ones probably to apply.
2: So uh, one one smaller piece of this was the agent fees. That's still kind of a, a sore point. I think a, a good number of accountants, including myself, read the Treasury regulations or rules and and said, "Oh, this is nice. They're they're providing an agent fee. So if I prepare a loan application on behalf of my client, if I act as their agent and get this for them, then I can get." a piece of the action too, because the banks, let's not forget, are getting 5% on loans under a hundred thousand, three 3% on loans between that and I think 350,000, or no, it's 3% from 350,000 to 2 million, and then 1% up to 10 million from two to 10, something like that. Anyway, it's as much as 5%. So the banks stand to make $17.5 billion from this program at most. And the agent fees we're going to be paid by the banks uh, in the rules and the agents could earn you know a quarter percent half a percent or one percent but the banks are refusing to pay the agent fees i haven't heard of any banks paying agent fees and some accountants thought hey i'm going to be an agent i'm going to get these fees that'll compensate me for my time and then we learned that you know according to the rules and you know the ascpa put out a press release on this warning cpa firms that you can't charge your clients for loan preparation if you act as an agent you can't charge the clients you've got to get that from the agent fee but the banks aren't paying the agent fees, so other than giving up on that, like is the is the AICPA planning to do any lobbying to get the banks to actually pay the agent fees? So, you know, Blake, I think you
1: you got three questions in there. Mark's going to yeah. take. So I think if you, if you, Mark, you just there's three questions here. One is, are the banks you know supportive of the agent fees? Two, uh, should the what's the firm? What's the AICPA's advice uh, to the firms on being an agent or not being an agent? And those are two parts. So why don't you, Mark, take the, the, that first question and then I'll come, if that's okay, then I can come back to the other question. Does that make sense, Blake? Those are the two questions. What, what's yeah. the bank's rule and what, what's the
2: AICPA's
1: advice on this?
2: And I apologize for uh, bombarding you with multiple questions. The, no, the last no. one would be, yeah, what is the AICPA's plan? Is there going to be uh, some lobbying in this respect or are we just giving up on that?
3: So we, we, are, we are asking for additional clarification, and everyone's eyes lit up because they saw dollar signs based on what was in the guidance. That wasn't even in the act. That was in the guidance. The act, What the act intended was to make sure that uh, the client wasn't losing this loan they were getting to all kinds of fees and charges, right? That was ultimately what it was. But that's on the application. And I know and, you know, I've had some members yell at me for trying to oversimplify uh, this process. But I've seen the application. I've actually uh, completed it for a friend. Uh, and I will tell you it's five minutes to complete the application. Yeah, there's the, the documentation. But I think more importantly than what we're going to do for the client to fill out this application is up front, there's actually four loan options. PPP is not by itself. I hope our members are sitting down and providing an advisory service to their client to figure out which federal program is right for them. That gets paid, right? The application itself, and then you have that whole eight-week verification. The example I gave you, who's going to sit down with the client and figure out that they won't have to pay or loan on the back end because they can get everything forgiven? That could be paid. So this whole idea of assisting in the application, and some of this is coming from, you know, 7A SBA rules on 7A loan packages that take weeks to put together. And that's where agent fees come from. And that's where bank fees come from. You know, the 5% that the banks are getting on on the high end uh, for the smaller loans. Think about it. What are they getting on the back end that they usually get from most loans?
2: Well, they're getting the one percent interest if the loan is not forgiven. Which, yeah, admittedly is. They laughed when it went from a half to one, and they they negotiated right? that. I mean, that shows you the power that the banks have at the last minute. You know, they were able to negotiate doubling that interest rate. Yeah, because it wasn't good enough for them. And I, I don't know. It just it feels to me like, as a practitioner, yeah, the banks sure got a sweet deal compared to the accountants. Well, if I could, Mark, you want me? I mean, two comments, and this is, this is
1: just, I'm just context here. So just so you have context, and it's sure. not not trying to take a, uh, you know, a, a editorial position one way one way or the other. And I know you but, guys
2: didn't write the law. I get
1: that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but on, on that, just because we've talked, we've spoken to people on the on the loan going from half percent to one percent. That was really the, the small banks. The small banks just didn't have access to capital, and they would lose money. They would lose money on that. So that's it. They and, and you could. I think there's there's truth to that. The small banks were going to lose money on on a, on, a, on, a, on the half percent rates. So they they put it up to a percent. The goal the goal of this is to get it forgiven. But that's so that's one. And the other uh, point is on this this the the agent fees. And you have to look at you've got the the borrower, the lender, and the agent. So that 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 three three party group here. And then you've got the advisor. The advisor could be the agent. Mark just did a great job of explaining that and and you the banks the banks are supportive of 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 agents i've the banks i've spoken to i'm sure there's some banks that are not and they're saying no we're we're supportive of that um we're supportive of uh you know paying the agent fee so i'd like to understand that I'd like to understand if you one of you know someone one of your listeners if someone is having a bank that says we won't pay that i'd like to understand that 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 a little bit more and I'm sure it's happening, but we'd I'd welcome to the, the, the learn about that. And then, yeah. and then I think, and, and, the, and I
2: should just say, I don't have anything more than anecdotal evidence in right. regard to that, you know? So, yeah, it just, so I'm just talking generally, and this is what I'll say
1: on the side, but the banks don't want, so the banks say they want to pay, they want to have an agent, the agent comes in helps the, their client do it, fill it out. They want to pay him. They also don't want like you, you know, somebody just coming in and dumping a thousand applications and trying, trying to abuse the process. So they're, so there's that. So we need to listen. We need to work together. Marks uh, and the, the AICPA has put out, I think, a really good piece of guidance there on saying how to think about this. Uh, and, and it's almost just, you know, take it outside of of this agent relationship. And but if you want to be an agent, okay, and just understand what that what that what that entails. And then the banking community wants to be supportive of this. They want to be supportive of the process. And and I know that's something we're going to work on in the coming days is maybe to get some statements about this whole borrower lender agent relationship, and and just try to um, give clarity. We're trying our goals here is common approach, clarity, consistency, um, help the small businesses, and help um, everybody you know do things in a in a in a similar way, get on the same page. Like,
3: I think that's, uh, you know, so Eric makes a great point. One of the biggest recommendations we have for firms is talk to the bank first. Right. Don't just think you can go in there with 100 applications and say, I want my agent fee. That's probably going to be problematic. But if you have a conversation with the banker up front, you know, I think that that you will find more support in that. Now, being an agent also doesn't mean that you're going to sign as authorized representative necessarily on the loan application. There's a lot of certifications in there, borrower certifications that need to take place inside of that. But, you know, I've talked to plenty of firms, I've said it, I've I've I've, I've written it, and people have yelled at me for it, but I've, the reality is I'm a Buffalo guy. You know what, at the end of the day, we I've practiced in a recession all my life, you did what you had to do for your client, period. It didn't matter if I get paid for it or not, I'll figure that out. But I will also say as a best practice, that if I'm value pricing my client, we're not even having this discussion. That's true. If I'm value pricing my client, then it just got done. And it was part of the process of what we do. So let's talk about the right systems to have as a firm to make sure when things like this and emergencies happen, we're well prepared for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think the agent fees just falls right in this, like, there's just a lot of miscommunications or misunderstandings. of. There's a press release here. You guys put out a recommendation here. There's what people are hearing over here on the media. So they're confused about the agent fees. They're, conf- I mean, there's arguments about gross versus net, right? If you conflict the information in the, the two parts of the bills, right? Like it's just – this just continues to happen. And, and so – and I'm sure by the time people listen to this episode, right, there's going to be another stimulus package either on the table or being voted <laughs> as we're recording this. And like how does the ICPA get – like? Just be stronger in it and really like have more leadership and more control over the direction of this because the ripple effect is bad. And if counts of bookkeepers I think are have suffered almost more than anybody in the last 10 to 30 days, it's heartbreaking. the weight that they're feeling from this and their clients are panicking and then they can't get you know they, they almost feel like in a way and, and I'm just gonna cut of my mouth, but it's because I've heard it indirectly. They don't feel like they're getting the support from the ASCPA that they maybe would want or need. But like at a much stronger level, it's just a lot of recommendations, right?
1: Well, David, I, what I can tell you is that they, we're, we are absolutely trying to make our voice be heard. And, and Mark, used to, everyone's very focused and well-intentioned about supporting the $22 trillion economy, getting, uh, keeping these businesses intact. You have the healthcare workers focused on the healthcare of, of the U.S. in the world and we, we're just trying to keep the businesses intact. And I, I, this is, and I understand the frustrations, people saying, it, you know, the government officials, the AICPA, banks, you know, some firms aren't doing enough. That's, you know, people are frustrated and, and it's understanding that, th- that they're, they're, they're venting. But we are, we are, we're working together. The way we're trying to do this to have a really good voice and that's what we've stood up on the past month to say, let's have a collective voice. We're trying to get dialogue going. Uh, with the SBA, Treasury's been the driver. So Treasury, anyway, it's, we, we said But Treasury's is, was the driver of, of the act. SBA is playing a big role, but Sen- Secretary Mnuchin and some of his team really uh, were instrumental in it. And what we're just trying to do right now is, uh, yes, we, we we don't we're not setting the standards. So we use the word recommendations. But we're putting our brand out there, uh, not just our brand, our our, our position. And uh, where we're doing this from a leadership standpoint, and I just so I, I, that's what I would say to the people there that, that are saying, you know, we want to do, do it to happen faster. We agree with you, and um, and we're we're trying to build bridges. So I would say to your listeners, whatever you can do to help is is you know if they want, call their congressman and say, let's get on this this common page, and uh, you know let's let's have agreed upon generally we're using this word generally accepted. Let's all get generally accepted principles. So we can all move fast. Uh, you know that's one thing that everybody could do. It's interesting because you know the the gross payroll is an op- option. The hundred k
3: limitation being on salary, not on adding in the benefits. We were openly criticized for that, uh, and coming out with a recommendation, a position on that that proved successful. We also said you know employer FICA is a portion of that. Got that not quite right, but you know we can't get too far ahead of it. Like we're partner comp. We're, we've we been everywhere in DC to get an answer to this. Some banks are allowing for partner comp to be added into the wages for the employer version. Others are telling partners, no, you're self-employed. You got to f- file that individually. And so there lacks consistency. We're with the payroll companies. That one's just been really hard to unravel. It's not from lack of trying, uh, and some things we're going to get right, some things not so right. What what I think is important here is that, you know, many people are treating this like it's tax code, right? And it's tax legislation that if I get this wrong, I'm going to be penalized and my client's going to be penalized and they're going to have to pay interest and all this stuff. Well, in the, the last guidance that came out, the FAQs, there was a particular section in there that talked about safe harbor and said, look, things are changing fast. We understand that. And your application will be accepted based on the information you had at the time. So things may change after the fact of when you applied, but that's okay. But then think of the fact that the that small business who did apply early on Friday and decided to use NET before that got worked out on Monday. We made the recommendation on Saturday, right? But on Monday, then it gets worked out. If they filed on net on Friday and they continue that through the loan process, they're actually going to get 30 percent less than they could have had they you know, waited and filed on Monday with a different answer. And so, you know, we're trying to drive that consistency. We're, we're proud of when it happens and we're frustrated when it's not. It's probably just as frustrated as everyone else, because I guarantee you uh, I can multiply me by 10 people at the AICPA getting a hundred emails a day to ask about
0: parts of this. So you're chasing or, the, the answers just the way the accountants and bookkeepers are right now. You're doing the same thing.
3: I
1: mean, I think we're trying to categorize. I think we're chasing, we're prioritizing. We, we've got dialogue where we're working with directly with, if it's, you know, Intuit, ADP, paychecks, large banks, um, SBA, um, input into treasury. And so we're trying, we're trying to do this in a, in a, in a thoughtful manner. I wouldn't call it chasing.
0: Reconciling. Um, I, w- I would Be call it saying, here,
1: here's our, here's our list. This is what we want to do. And we want to just open up, uh, making sure we're having, we're having good dialogue. So I, I, I think in some ways, you know, we, Mark just did a good description of kind of, you know, a real life situation that just occurred. And there's ways even to, you know, to correct that, but we, we should do a follow-up. I mean, communication matters. We should do another podcast, in another 10 days uh, or so with you two weeks and just state what's happening uh, at the current time. I mean, we're moving right now. We're looking forward. We're looking at loan forgiveness steps. We're looking at the restart steps. So this is, um, you know, the U.S. economy has never been shut. The world economy has never been shut down like this. So we got to stabilize it, uh, get the funding to the businesses, and then we're going to have to work on uh, the startup. And, and I think, you know, it's a uh, the government officials are, are, are working hard at it. They're working hard at it um, and they want suggestions. They want input. They want to know what's working, not working. And, and we're trying to do all of that.
2: This is really great to hear, you know, as, as a member who just kind of watching from the outside, I don't feel like, you know, in this public communications, I, I get this level of transparency that we're getting right now from you, Eric. And it's so great to have you on. I think our listeners will really appreciate it. And I understand that making public policy happen is delicate. You have to balance, you know, you don't want to piss people off. You want to be friendly with everybody on both sides of the aisle and the administration. And uh, as we found with this administration that, you know, being antagonistic doesn't get you what you want in a lot of cases. But at a certain point, right, there comes a time when the AICPA could wield its big sword as the voice of CPAs and the voice of small business in this country. And so how bad, you know, does this have to get? before that happens, right? Like if the money isn't flowing next week, is the AICPA going to issue a press release and say this isn't working, guys? Let's let's do this payroll plan. You know, the the $250 billion more that we're going to put into this program, maybe we don't put that into this program because it's really not flowing. Is that an option? I think you you know, the AICPA does and we could we could share with the
1: listeners at times uh, they do will put out Strong, you know, fair, you know, uh, well-worded, strong-worded messages, you know, on the push out of uh, of the tax date when when there was a disagreement, and that statement went out, and that was a, that was not a, that was a statement saying this is what the position should be. I, yes, you know what? If the money is not flowing, um, uh, in right now, and in, in seven days from now, and there's no money flowing, we'll put we'll we'll put some statements out that we we have issues with this process. I think the money is going to be flowing. Uh, but we'll be with it. So we, yes, we would, and we are, we're ready. We offered that solution. Uh, We, as I told, just as we described earlier, there is still discussions on, is there ways to use that, that plumbing, that plumbing to the businesses through the payroll providers. And we, we're active with that. So we, we're working on, you know, other alternatives as we work on the play that's been put in motion. So the play that's put in motion We want to we want to make that work, and then we we will make statements if if it if what you said there's no money flowing in ten days, and then we're also very much always trying to iterate and innovate and think of other ways to do things.
3: Like I think your comment, you know, it's and this is a a challenging balance for us, and we try to, to describe to our members some of the advocacy things that we're working on and how and why. The challenge always is when we have big wins, we can't shout from the mountaintops that we had a big win because that means somebody lost, right? And and to your point, you said it, uh, you do need both sides. And the advocacy process is long and hard. Average legislation in, in D.C. today to get a piece of legislation through averages between seven and eight years today. It used to be three to five. Uh, so that process is more to double. The fact that they've gotten this legislation for the stimulus pushed through as fast as they did and the banks turning over as fast, it's it's going to create problems, no doubt. Uh, and there are problems in D.C. and our government is challenged with the bipartisanship that's out there today. But we have to manage that as a profession and we do uh, and we get our, our pieces into Uh, the right people in the pipeline. So, you know, the fact that Senator Rubio says it or uh, Congressman Conaway says it and they they don't attribute it to the AICPA doesn't mean that AICPA wasn't there in some way to provide that support.
2: Well said, well said. Well, that is, uh, I think that's a good bow at the end of this, uh, tying it up. So thank you both so much. Eric Askerson, Mark Koziel, uh, thank you for joining us today. We hope to have you back again. Really appreciate that. Any final words uh, before we let you go? Oh,
3: well, you better hurry up because Eric's already invited himself back. He's going to be the tri host by the time this thing's done. So you better get rid of him soon.
1: I you know Blake and David. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Uh, you get you. You've got a great listener base. Um, it's important. This there's never been a more important time to communicate. So keep asking your good questions. Uh, thanks for having us on, and we do look forward to being on again. Yeah, thanks, guys.
0: If you want to learn how to make video tutorials from an expert, sign up for Hector Garcia's live webinar, How to Make Video Tutorials, so you can learn how to create content to educate your team, your clients, and your prospects. Use coupon code CAP50 for $50 off your purchase. Head over to www.hectorgarcia.com slash tutorial. Still sending spreadsheets of unclassified expenses to clients? Automate this process and get client answers instantly with ClientHub's QuickBooks Online Integration. This feature was described as one that only an accountant would have come up with, as it solves a real big pain point. ClientHub is a modern client portal designed for cloud accounting firms. Get started today with a free trial at clienthub.app and enter promo code CAP25 for 25% off your first three months. Are you looking to get some of the best content in the world to improve your team and your firm and some free CPA credits too? Good news. The accounting salon has turned into a virtual event called Salon V and it's open to the world. You can register for free at accountingsalon.com. Want to get the word out about your newsletter, webinar, party, Facebook group, podcast, ebook, job posting, or that fancy Excel macro you just created? Why not let the listeners of the Cloud Accounting Podcast know by running a classified ad? Hit the show notes for the link to get more info, and be sure to check out our special stimulus pricing of four episodes for just $100.